Drilling fluids touch just about everything in the drilling process. We're here to deconstruct the drilling process and drilling fluid concepts to provide a deeper understanding of our industry. In each episode, we'll share information, talk to interesting people, and maybe share a few stories along the way. Welcome to The Flow Line, a production of AES Drilling Fluids, brought to you by Matt Offenbacher and Justin Gautier. So Justin, I know we call our podcast The Flow Line, and I was thinking that we're far enough down this road that we probably ought to actually tell people what a flow line is. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, we can throw out terms all day long, but in case people have an idea of it, what it is and, and kind of how it all ties together, I think uh, we're kind of shooting in the dark. So yeah, let's go ahead. I mean, why don't we start uh, you know, on where the mud actually kind of starts in, in the whole circulating system and kind of where it ends up to give people an idea you know, where the mud basically flows. Okay, let's start a journey of drilling fluid down a well and back up. That's um, good. So we start, we've got these, we call them pits. They're big metal tanks and they contain the drilling fluid. Um, and from there, you have to pump it down hole. So the pit that the pumps actually draw from is referred to as the suction pit. So the pumps draw that in and you begin pumping that away. And that makes sense. And, and for those of you who, who aren't familiar with drilling rigs, uh, there are multiple pits. And you can use those pits to mix drilling fluids uh, for certain things. You can isolate volume. Uh, but essentially, you have anywhere from two to 450, 500 barrels on surface at any given time. Uh, and, and how the mud actually gets into those pits is typically it's hauled out from uh, water sources or in some cases if you're drilling with oil-based mud, it'll come from a drilling fluids mud plant. So essentially the volume uh, and the liquid comes and gets pumped into the pits, which is kind of where it all starts. And we'll qualify, we're talking about a typical land rig here, right, Justin? Exactly, yeah, we're not talking offshore. That's a whole different animal, and we'll get into that in another episode. But uh, for land rigs, uh, that's exactly where it starts, from basically inside a truck, gets pumped into the pits, and from there, uh, there's a number of pumps and stuff like that. Basically, we start pulling mud out of the suction pit through the pumps. The pumps actually transfer the fluid... Uh, via some lines up to what we call the standpipe, which is at the top of the rig, and then down the drill pipe and into the well. Uh, and bear in mind, you're dealing with a fair amount of pressure here. So some of these mud pumps, some of them are rated to 7,500 PSI and, and even higher than that. Um, so this fluid's pumped at a pretty healthy pressure as it's going down hole. So Matt, when you're talking about the pumps, I mean, what kind of pumps are we talking about here? So these are pretty big pumps when you think about it. They're typically the size of a car. You usually have three of them. Um, and normally you might have two operating and one that you can service uh, and alternate between. Now granted, these things can scale up even more. Uh, the pumps we use are, are typically called triplex pumps. They have three kind of cylinders that uh, actually push the fluid. Um, and there are actually centrifugal pumps that pump the fluid into those cylinders to keep them what's called charged. Um, yeah. So that's how you generate all that horsepower. And so up the standpipe we go from the pumps and down the drill pipe, 
which the the pipe itself is 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 thick steel, um, and typically you screw those pieces together the deeper you drill. But the inside of that uh, is is hollow. So essentially, you're going from the from the pump up the standpipe down the hollow pipe down through what we call the drill bit. And on the end of the bit, it, it's not like a typical drill bit like you'd use on a power tool. It's essentially, uh, it's about a foot long. Um, it's got, there's different styles, but essentially the fluid goes into the bit and out through nozzles, which generates, you know, horsepower at the bit. Um, that bit spins at a certain rate uh depending on the drilling parameters, but the bit and the whole drill string turns generate, you know, cutting the rock. Uh, so that fluid as it's, as it's exiting the nozzles, creating a bunch of horsepower and a lot of shear, a lot of pressure, um, essentially helps cut the rock. And then naturally the path of least resistance is up through on the outside of the drill pipe called the annulus. That's correct, Justin. I think, <laughs> I think uh, you know, one of the interesting things is if you think about a typical drill bit you might use in a wall or to drill into a piece of wood, you know, it's, it's got that spiral to actually help the material get out because you, you don't have fluid, right? Well, here you have, with these drill bits, it's more of almost like a, a grinding force. Um, and so the fluid, to move the material that you've cut out of the way, the fluids actually, as you mentioned, it's got a very high impact force, and it's actually carrying the ground-up material out of the way and up into that annulus, um, as opposed to continually reprocessing material until it gets smaller and smaller, which would actually slow down your drilling rate. So the fluid moves up into the annulus, which is basically the hole that I've drilled. It's the outside of your drill pipe, um, and then fluid works its way all the way up to surface. Um, and we're about to start the whole process over again as the fluid comes out at the flow line. And there you have it. That's where the name comes from the podcast, the flow line. That's where it all kind of starts and kind of ends. Right. And, and for us uh, in the drilling fluids realm, we spent a lot of time standing by the flow line, waiting for different fluids to come back, monitoring how much fluid's coming back. Um, so it's an important part of the rig for us. Um, and there's always a lot of questions. How big is it? What angle is it? Uh, these sort of things. Um, and so the flow line's a big deal for mud guys, which is what, kind of where we came up with the name. Yeah, exactly. And, and the flow line is also an important sort of space on the rig because anything that's happening downhole, uh, immediately the first sort of the first time that you're going to be able to identify it is at the flow line as it's coming across. So at the end of the flow line, uh, is what we have called the shale shakers. Um, and that fluid, essentially the fluid and the rock goes over the shale shakers through the screens and the fluid goes back into the pits and the cuttings and debris goes off the end of the shakers into an open top steel bin. And so, you know, especially in any type of well situation, uh, it's always important to see that fluid coming back, especially if you're having any type of well issues, well control issues, you can, you can test the fluid, uh, at the first point that it reaches, um, atmosphere, which, is, which again is at the flow line, which is an important piece. Most of the time mud engineers or mud men spend a great deal of time sitting at the flow line, 
basically seeing what's coming out of the well. Um, because by the time it goes into the pits, gets circulated around and back to your suction pit, uh, a lot of times it's it's mixed up and you're not really getting a good fingerprint of what's happening downhole. So uh, you'll even see, you know, when you're doing cement jobs, uh, when you're pumping sweeps, that's the, the flow line is, is your kind of your first impression of what, what's happening downhole. So a very, uh, important part of, of the rig. And especially for us in the mud world, that that's where we spend, you know, the majority of our time, unless we're in the trailer doing reports and stuff. Yes. And, and so the flow line, one, one thing is the flow line. I mean, it's a, a section of pipe, but it actually opens up and that, and that area has a few different terms. Uh, one is called the header box, um, down south, we also call it the possum belly for reasons I cannot explain. What do, what do they call it in Canada? For all my Canadians up there, that's the shaker box, okay. which to me makes the most sense. It's the, sh- the box at the end of your shale shaker. So I'm biased, but to me, that that's probably the best term anyone could use for it. Right. I mean, second to the possum belly, I'd imagine. <laughs> Someone explain that to us, please. I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> and look, uh, if anyone out there has any questions about the circulating system, you know, again, we have our email address in the show notes. Hit us up. I mean, if you have any questions, if we don't describe something to uh, either technically enough or if it's too technical, we're happy to answer questions to help give everyone a better understanding of, you know, kind of the path where our mud and drilling fluids go on a drilling rig. And once fluid gets back, we mentioned that the shaker box, header box, possum belly, um, it's the end of the flow line and it's attached to the shaker. So the fluid comes back. It's hopefully got some drill cuttings if we're trying to clean the hole and we're actively drilling. Um, And so the fluid spills out across shale shakers. Um, And we'll talk more in another episode about solids control, but the shakers themselves have a series of screens. So the fluid, fluid pours across the shakers screens. The shakers are shaking um, to actually vibrate and try and shake loose some more fluid from the cuttings. The cuttings go off into a, a bin for disposal and the rest of the fluid falls through the, through the, that went through the screens ends up in your pit system. Um, and the first pit underneath the shakers is normally the sand traps uh, and so it's designed to aid in kind of settling fine materials that uh, may have passed through the screens. Um, and then the fluid continues to work its way back, maybe through an intermediate pit, back over to the suction pit um, for another trip down hole. And in the meantime, we could treat the fluid with some added chemicals, um, or as Justin mentioned, we can uh, just monitor things by checking the difference between the fluid coming out of the hole and the fluid on its way back in and make sure the properties are where we want them to be. And uh, one thing to note as well, uh, one of the big parts of our job is to check the fluid as it's coming across uh, the shakers or underneath the shakers and also going back in. And typically when a drilling fluid engineer is out on location, he's monitoring the suction pit uh, to identify what properties what the properties are and, and what properties are needed in order to uh, execute in order to mix and properly execute the drilling fluids program. So the way the chemicals are actually mixed are, are through another sort of mini circulating system within the drilling fluid or within the, within the drilled pits. Uh, and so essentially it's, it's a little, it's called a hopper, but it's at the end of your pits typically. And it's a little circulating system uh, driven by a centrifugal pump. And so typically the drilling fluid engineer will test the fluid 
and give the Derek hand a list of chemicals to add and that's where you also add the chemicals is is into the pits and so that kind of gets mixed up through the pits and your fluid properties change and get altered before making another trip down hole and back up the annulus. Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week for another exciting episode of The Flow Line. And remember, may your returns always be full and your trips always smooth. Views expressed in this program belong to participants and not their employees. The program is for informational purposes only and cannot take the place of seeking professional advice. Copyright AES Drilling Fluids.